Welcome everyone to 1111 Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Haynes. And in today's episode, I'll be sharing the audio from an event I just hosted called Smooth Sailing Through Turbulent Astrology. Myself and Laura Powers, Shelley Wasicki, Sarah Rossiter, and Rebecca Packard, we discussed how to be aware of different events in astrology in the coming year 2022 and how to help you best prepare and utilize those various times of the year like whether it's retrogrades or full moons moon cycles etc some tools to navigate through those events clearly peacefully and with clear intention so that you can manifest the life you want be sure to look at the show notes uh, as each panelist has various events or classes and different offerings that can help you during these times, during different astrological events, or just how to really set clear intentions for how you want to show up during this next year and create the life that you would like. I hope you enjoy. I thought um, we'd start by introducing our guest panelists for today. So I'll start with Shelley Wasicki, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself and giving us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Awesome. Hi, everybody. I am Shelley, and I have a company called The Positive Spirit. Um, I have had the honor of working with Michelle and being on her show and I'm super, super excited to be here because I am a self-professed um, astrological nerd. So I am excited to be a part of this, but also learn from uh, the other panelists that are here. I tend to lean more towards the shaman kind of witchy vibe. Um, so I work with the earth, I work with the elements, I work with the directions, I work with crystals and moon energy and animals, um, trees, plants, you name it. So, so that is kind of my jam. And like I said, I'm just super, super happy to be here. Thanks, Shelly. I'm really excited for you to be here too. I think this is great. I am not an expert in anything uh, astrology wise, but I find it interesting. So I'm super grateful to have you here and your insights. I appreciate it. And so next let's go to Laura Powers. Hey everyone. Yeah, so great to be here. So I am most known as a psychic and I channel angels. I connect with spirits on the other side. I communicate with animals, look at people's past lives, all kinds of stuff. And pretty early on in my sort of spiritual woo path, I really recognized the importance of astrology. And I would just notice these patterns in, in several ways. For one, I would notice these signs, like the astrological signs that would show up in my life, like over and over again. Like it, at one point in my life, it seemed like everyone in my life was either an Aquarius or a Leo. <laughs> my mom, my sister, my ex-husband are all Aquariuses. My stepdad's a Leo and they were, you know, partners and close friends. And so I, I noticed it that way. And then what I started to uh, learn more about retrogrades and uh, the different signs and, and really how these different transits would impact us. And so now I track it very closely, at least for myself, and even just the new moons and the full moons, like these kinds of things, just having an awareness of that, because I think my whole life prior to that, I'm so sensitive, I'm an empath, and come the full moon, and I just feel like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> and now at least I have some kind of understanding of like, oh, there's a reason these energies, these emotions are coming up. And just that understanding, I think, can help you so much with navigating with more peace and ease, and not just thinking you're going a little bit crazy. Very good points. And we'll, we're about to enter um, the first full moon of the year on Monday. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. Thank you. Let's go down to Sarah Rossiter. Hi, everyone. Um, so my name is Sarah, and I am an artist and a um, psychic medium and a channel. And I um, have a podcast called the Psychic Artist Podcast. And Laura is one of my mentors and has helped me to develop my skills in this area in the last few years. And one of the things that um, has really impacted me is her help understanding what's going on with astrology and just tuning in to the elements. Like even Michelle, when you asked me to participate in this, I, I thought, oh, what do I have to share about that? 
Um, but since I channel angel energy um, and information, I I was instructed after you asked me to sit down and channel a message. And what came through was about the moon. Um, it was a full moon when, when you had asked. And so it, I got a message about the full moon and um, how the planets are also energies and how they affect us. And so I'm really learning intuitively. And by watching the other wonderful women on this panel, I learn a lot from all of you. And, um, and I find that it's, it always rings true. Like if something is happening astrologically and I know about it, then I'm able to adjust my response and not take it so personally and sort of um, work with it and also utilize the power of, of the astrology to manifest or to release. Excellent. All good points, Sarah. And two, I think we'll tap into how, um, really tapping into creativity and doing creative things can connect you to the universe and source and keep you grounded and clear, not only for receiving, but also manifesting too. I think that's another interesting aspect that yes. I think people forget about. Yeah. That's one of the tools that I have been directed to use. Like when you're not feeling great, make art. <laughs> Yeah. And just the yeah. process of doing anything creative kind of frees you from whatever the mental clutter was. Absolutely. Well, thank you for being here. And next, um, Rebecca Packard. Hi. Um, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk about what's going on in the space of astrology and how more and more people are waking up to it really does have an effect on us. And it really is in a big piece of our emotional conversation with the world around us. Um, I use emotion code and body code. I do a lot of different modalities with that space and on releasing emotions and energy that we've kind of decided to keep as our emotional luggage and baggage. And astrology is one of the big areas that when people work with me, they like dip their toe in and are like, well, how can a full moon release help me to, um, with the emotion code? And it's like, oh, these are all pivotal spaces and have been for centuries in the language of our conversation with the universe around us and the world around us in the physical and the non-physical, which is why our moons have names and why all of them are very well mapped on what will be coming up for us during these spaces. And then how do they align with the months and the different feelings around these spaces and the planets that affect these spaces. So I'm really excited to have this conversation. <laughs> Thank you so much, Rebecca. I'm super excited to have you here. I thank you for being here. Very grateful to all of you for being here um, to help share what you, you know, what you're an expert in and how you can utilize that to be grounded and to clearly navigate these different events and have an understanding of them. Um, again, like I said, I'm, I'm certainly no expert on the subject, but I do, um, I'm one of those dipping the toe in here and there. And I do feel that it's important to have some semblance of understanding of, of what is going on and how you can utilize that for not only our, our own highest good, but the highest good of, of the collective. And um, so I think we'll start with touching on um, a few things that stood out to me about what's coming up during 2022 astrologically. And then towards the end of that, we'll open up for a question and answer for our other guests that are here coming in. And if you want to ask anybody any questions, you'll have an opportunity to do so. So um, with that, uh, the I guess tapping into the first full moon, which is January 17th. That's a full moon in cancer. It's also called the wolf moon. Um, it's my understanding that there's a lot that could come up there that feels pretty heavy. And as it pertains to um, kind of power dynamics, whether it's in your relationships or within your own internal struggle um, and how not to let that weigh you down, but really be empowered by that and take your power back um, and not feel so, so powerless and to utilize this full moon and utilize some practices that help us connect to source or the universe so that we can feel grounded and empowered. So, you know, some things that come to mind for me that I utilize are meditation, um, some 
rituals that I learned from Shelley Wasicki <laughs> around clearing um, the energy and and asking and setting intentions. And um, so if anybody wants to discuss, and like Sarah, we were saying creativity helps do that as well. So just if any of our guests have something they'd like to, to say about that. Sure, I'll, I'll dive in. So the full moon test, I think it can be especially powerful and intense for empaths. So an empath is someone who feels energy from outside their body in their body. And I think women as a whole are naturally typically more empathic than men. So uh, just something to think about. And a lot of times the full moons are marked by feelings of kind of heaviness, intensity, and releasing, but it also can be fun. So it kind of depends on where you are, what's where it's hitting your chart, and also just what's happening in your life as a whole. So there are times when I'm like, yay, full moon. And then there are times where I'm like, oh, full moon. <laughs> it just really depends. Uh, so I think it's important to pay attention to where you are in that. And I remember this very distinct full moon where it was literally like, chaos around me and i just had to be like i'm just gonna pull in and do some self-care so i think the full moons are great times for self-care pulling inwards in terms of our energy if we're feeling that it's too much and doing things that help like meditation as you mentioned michelle is really really powerful i'm also um i mentioned in the chat a fan of rebecca her work is really wonderful not only in the moment of helping you but also of helping to release kind of cumulative energy blocks that you've had from this lifetime from from past lifetimes and then i also am an advocate of tapping um which stands uh for for emotion excuse me emotional freedom technique is short for that and it's basically where you tap on these points in the body and say phrases that help you clear those emotional energies in the body. And it's very, very powerful. And the, the cool thing about tapping is that you can literally get like immediate relief. So paying attention, don't try to do too much on the full moon um, and just do a lot of self-care and use these tools as much as you can. Thank you, Laura. Does anybody else wanna add anything to that? Um, I will. Um, I love that this is the wolf moon. Wolves have a lot of symbolism and they have the space of being a pack animal, but are also very much, when you look across social dynamic, they talk about a lone wolf. And we are in the space of winter, which is the season of death. And a lot of people get really turned off by that word, but it's a reality and it's a space where this is a place where we can bring the things that we want to let go of. And during the, the month of January is all about your communication, your relationship, your relationship with family, your relationship with friends, your relationship with community. And that is a big part of this particular moon on the 17th is deciding what does that look like? Are you in abusive relationships? Are you holding good boundaries? But also where are those boundaries where you're like, oh, look at me go. I'm doing it. Like I'm having wonderful relationships. I'm having really great communication with my family and my partner. And I'm speaking my truth and I'm using my voice and like all those different areas. And like Laura said, tapping is incredible. I do every um, moon, I release a tapping on YouTube, on my YouTube channel, um, where you can tap around the energy of the moon because you are a memory of the different things that are happening. You're holding on to the emotions that happen during these spaces of the moons. We've been alive for so many years. So if you are like 40 years old, you've gone through this cycle 40 times and you have an emotional response that you're carrying with you. So are you magnifying the negativity that you really don't want? Or are you releasing and allowing for the conversation to come in in a positive way? Or are you shifting the conversation to manifest the positivity and the love and the joy and the abundance that you want. And so I think that in the space of also all the twos, we have so many twos happening this year and we're in the 2022 space, that's going to fall in and have a conversation with this moon also. So seeing how you show up in that space when you mix it all together, it's kind of like this lovely confetti of emotion and humanity, right? I like that. Thank you. And um, 
Are you doing, I know around the full moon, you, you offer different sessions. Can you speak a little bit about that? Yes. Um, for the new moon and the full moon, I offer emotion code sessions that are done completely full distance where you sign up and within 24 hours of that moon, you'll receive notes on what you released. And during that time, um, there's a window of time where I go in and I release any trapped emotions that you have around that moon cycle or any conditionings or programs. And I look in this life and past life and inherited and we pluck out those emotions that we were only released negative emotions um, so that we can bring your conversation in that space back to a balance or even to a neutral space. So you can choose um, to have a silent vibrational conversation that's going to be empowering in that moon cycle and really allow you to either see what you need to show up to or to just make it an easy, effortless conversation with the world around you. Um, but I do that every every two weeks. There's an opportunity to have a moon release because we're either doing a new moon or we're doing a full moon. Great, thank you. And um, Shelly, I I know this is your jam. So would you like to? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I love the moon. Um, I love its energy. I love like Rebecca just said. We get a chance every month to kind of do a reset. We plant our seeds and manifest during the new moon. That energy builds and builds and builds and builds and builds to the full moon. And that goes back to what Laura was saying. Like there's a lot of energy around the full moon. It's been building up the entire time. So um, what I like is I'm a ritual girl. So I love the rituals. I love knowing the zodiac sign that the moons are in because that definitely has an impact. Um, you know, and by no means am I an expert. Like this is a field that it could be lifetimes that you spend studying this stuff. Um, but it's really easy to do some searches and to find some good people that this is their life's work and, um, learn from them. But, for full moons, since that energy can be so big, um, one of the things that I love to do is incorporate sound because sound is a really good release. Sound breaks up energy. So when you're clearing spaces, you can clear spaces energetically with sound. Drumming is an amazing way to release and kind of get into that trance mode, that meditative state that allows us to release by just listening to a drum. Um, working with intentions are huge in any aspect of your spiritual life. So setting that intention, identifying what it is for each moon that you're working with, um, that you want to release or bring in, um, I also work with crystals and there are some really good stones that support not only the energy of the moon and like this moon in cancer, but just releasing in general and, you know, the new moon as well. So, um, you know, a ritual can be as simple as finding a quiet space, lighting a candle and making intention. It doesn't have to be this elaborate thing, but you can also do these really beautiful things to help kind of release some of that and break up some of that energy. Very cool. Thank you. And I'll show you a, a couple of beautiful things that I've gotten from my friend Shelly, <laughs> the green onyx angel. I love beautiful energy. And this one recently, which is also very gorgeous. So um, I do a lot around clearing these and recharging them under the full moon, which is something again that I learned from Shelly. So um, if you wanna learn more about that kind of stuff, you can reach out to Shelly and I'll provide everybody's um, contact info at the end so that if we don't get a chance to go over something and you wanna touch base with any of them, you can later on. And Sarah, was there anything you wanted to add? Yes. Um, I was just reminded of our conversation. Um, you were talking 
recently about a ritual that you do with your family during the, the moon. Um, and so I was thinking about children and one of the most powerful tools that Laura has taught me is grounding and clearing. And so just a really basic, um, I believe I started a couple of years ago listening to her um, recorded grounding and clearing meditations that she has on Insight Timer, but also in a, in a recorded you know, series that she taught as a class. And I just would play them for my kids um, at bedtime. And that, I think, led to me memorizing them and then saying them for my kids at bedtime as we moved around the world. And then my kids requesting new ones at bedtime. And then now it's become a part of our daily ritual uh, or just our daily life to constantly be grounding and clearing ourselves energetically. And you may have really empathic kids as well. Um, and I know other people on the call do. And so it's just so amazing to be working with young people and helping them to recognize when they're energetically triggered or they're acting out that it might be coming from somewhere else and they may not be in their bodies or they might be influenced by another energy. And so I feel like the full moon is this opportunity to reset. And the channeled message that I got was about how the moon is like a mirror for us and also a mother who is very calm when the children are acting out. <laughs> and that we can, and, and so when that energy of a, um, a parent is in the space of just being soothing and calm, then the children adjust to that vibrational frequency of the mother. And similarly, we can adjust to that frequency of the moon, which is also a reflection of the sun. And so I feel like this cooling, healing um, frequency of the moon is kind of what I'm trying to share with my kids. And they are able to um, recognize the ability that they can clear their energy and choose what to attune to. I, I feel like that's one way that we're really learning from the astrology and, and daily um, being conscious of what frequency we're each in. That makes sense. And, and oh, similarly for art making. So I was starting on this tangent about kids to get to art, but um, if I don't clear my energy before I make work, then what comes out is, is kind of chaotic and scrambled and yucky colors. <laughs> and it's, it's good. It's amusing. Like it's human, but I choose to clear my energy and make work that's really bright and light and, and uplifting. So um, that's also something that they teach me because if we don't all, if we aren't in alignment before I start to work, then what I, what comes out is reflective of where we are energetically. And if we do take that time and we're like, okay, this is important. We want to channel higher vib vibration frequencies. Then once you clear your energy, which can be very quick um, and very effective, then the work that comes through is, is really uplifting and everybody responds to it. Thanks, Sarah. And I think that's a good reminder that we are guides for our children for and not just our own children, but for all children so that they have these tools as they evolve and grow. You know, I don't think that was in my life growing up. It wasn't quite on, on my radar at all. It's something that came to my attention later in life. So I think the more that we can be those guides for younger people, the better. And so I think next, what I want to touch on um, is something that was new for me to learn about, and that's um, lunar nodes. So there's some lunar nodes in Taurus and Scorpio this year, beginning um, January 19th, and it runs for 18 months, so a year and a half. And um, lunar nodes, as I understand it, are points um, between the sun and the moon that run along an axis. So there's a north and a south. So um, the north node is in Taurus, and the south node is in Scorpio. And um, it's my understanding that this is a period for addressing collective karma, not just our own individual, but the karma and lessons that we are working through on a global level. And um, 
I think we can all see that's really something going on right now. At least for me, I feel like it is. And so with um, Taurus, uh, the North Node being in Taurus, that's kind of representative of the direction we're going. You know, where do we want to go? Um, how do we want to go? Can we stay grounded in what is and then still clearly be able to navigate that in a way that um, we bring about the intentions we we want and manifest the um, life that we want, even within things that maybe aren't the way we want them, if that makes any sense. And um, with the South node um, in Scorpio, that tends to be more about um, our roots, the past, the foundation of how we got here. Is it still in alignment or are we going to shift it? So with that, um, to even add a little more on top of that, um, there are solar and lunar eclipses that will happen during those times that kind of intensify that process. So I think the big question is, how can we tap into the abundance of the opportunities around us, even when things are not looking like we want them to? And I was wondering if any of you could speak to that, Rebecca. Um, so I'm really excited that you brought up the North and the South, um, nodes that are taking place because, um, if you are somebody who has had your own natal chart done, you can see how these can correlate with your own North and South and how that falls on your chart and then see if maybe they're the same or if maybe something else falls in that space for you and you can look at where does Taurus, where does Scorpio fall for you? Because a lot of people will get really focused on, well, I'm an Aries and they're like, that's it. And it's, it's very much like we have all of these signs within us and are, they're all a part of the conversation of who we are. And sometimes I like to tell people like, watch out. Cause I'm Ariesing right now. Cause that is my sun sign, but I am also a Capricorn. I'm also a Scorpio. And then my more quiet signs are the rest of them. So my three dominants, which we are talking about sun rising and then moon. And we get lost in the conversation sometimes of recognizing that the planet has its own natal chart also. Um, our families around us have their own natal chart, so they have their own north and south. And so all of these things have a conversation at the same time. And when you have Scorpio and Taurus in your um, natal chart, and depending on where they fall in the houses, you can see where is that conversation going to be loudest for you? Where is that conversation with you and Scorpio, you and Taurus showing up for you? And then in addition to how is that looking in the world around you with where is the future going and what has the past looked like? And then you can lean into tools that can help you. Okay, well, <laughs> I don't really want to be going this way. It's a little out of alignment or out of balance for me. Like I'm going to come back and I'm going to do some journaling. I'm going to work on some self-development. I'm going to do some tapping. I'm going to release an old story that's keeping me stuck in South Node energy so that I can move into the space of North Node energy. Or you can say, oh, okay, this is how my Scorpio is showing up on my chart. It's actually falling in my eighth house. It's nowhere near my North or South. I need to figure out what's happening there. So um, I love that a lot of the times when these pivotal spaces show up and you can see them out in the world, you can then come in and go, oh, wait, how does that show up in my life? And then you can use a tool to help create balance. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I feel like, um, you know, there is that balance between what's happening for each of us individually and then the greater whole, like on a, on a global scale right now, like, um, you know, feeling there's going to be some big shifts in the kind of economic financial typical paradigm of what it's been. And it's really going to start shifting. Like that's not working anymore as well as, um, you know, Taurus being an earth sign and just how this is going to affect the actual earth and, you know, whether it's natural disasters and, um, different, um, environmental 
happenings that'll be going on during this time and that it's really an opportunity to shift and change how we are living and how we are approaching and how we're viewing those two aspects. And um, so I, I thought that was an interesting part of the nodes and where they are and how that affects the, the global whole. And does anybody else have anything to share about that? I'd love to just jump in about not just the nodes, but full moons, any any astrological alignment that brings stuff up that triggers us, it's information. And I think it's it's very common for us to just be like, oh, this is horrible, or I'm so frustrated, or I'm stressed out, or this person's making me angry, or politics is making me angry, or you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. But to remember that whatever is triggering us is basically a piece of information that can help us with shifting and releasing. So when the full moons come in, when some of these retrogrades happen, you know, where the nodes are. It's information that we can then use to help shift ourselves. So, you know, what is it specifically that's triggering you? It's a, is it a boundary issue? Is it, you know, just feeling exhausted? You know, whatever that is, then do some kind of action on it. So, uh, like Shelly Wasiki said, you know, intention setting rituals. You know, you can make intention release lists and then burn it during the full moon. Um, or you can do emotion code sessions on it. You can tap on the themes that come up. But I just think it's a really important to go from that point of like feeling like a victim or like these things are happening to us to like, why is this coming up? There's something for us to learn and to glean. And when we make that shift, it's so empowering and it really helps us with having better full moons, better nodes, better retrogrades, et cetera, moving forward. Yes, I would agree. Cause I do think there are some, um, you know, things that could be viewed as doom and gloom or like, oh, shit, you know, but it's also like, oh, sweet. What a great opportunity because here's all this stuff that's not working either for myself or for the collective whole. And we don't have to stay in the space. Like we have an opportunity to move in a new direction and a better direction, which is a beautiful thing. And sometimes that growth doesn't always feel awesome all the time, but when you know that it's coming, you can stay kind of clear and grounded and remembering like there's beauty within this and there is opportunity within this. Um, you know, there's something again, Pluto, Pluto return was something I was looking up that's happening in 2022, which is more about for the United States. It's um, like the rebirth or a checking in about, um, you know, or, are we looking at whether the origins of how this country was started? And I mean, the country, the United States of America, not the indigenous people that were here before, because clearly they're going to have a different um, path as far as astrology. But for our country, Pluto return um, will will begin on July 4th, because that's really when the our Declaration of Independence was signed. And so it's, it's this period to really look at um, is the foundation of, of how this country was started. Is it still intact? Is it still working? Where does it need to change? And, you know, the last time, as far as I understand it, that Pluto return was happening was during the revolutionary war. Okay. That sounds crazy and scary, but it doesn't have to be. It just means like, if things aren't working here, if things are breaking down and kind of off course as a country, um, and as citizens of this country, this is an opportunity to kind of redirect it back in a direction that's serving our highest good. So, um, you know, again, I think it goes back to, it can look like this thing that's outside of ourself, but then it's coming back in and bringing it back to, to you, yourself, your body, your choices, um, what you're going through and then shifting that vibration and kind of putting that vibration out there for others. Would anybody agree, disagree, or do you have any other thoughts on that? Um, one thing that I, that is coming to mind is um, I remember in one of my very, very early early childhood education classes, there was a phrase in Latin and I'm probably going to slaughter it, but it was tab tabula rosa, tabula rasa, and it was a blank slate. And that when children come in and incarnate into this plane, we are blank slates. And 
I feel like we're kind of getting back to that. Like the last couple of years have really, they've really been tough. Um, there have been a lot of things that have come out of the darkness and brought into the light. And that process can be very ugly and very messy. But once it's in the light, we can see it and we can work with it and we can start to process through it. Um, you know, kind of like the phoenix rising from the ashes is kind of what I, I, I saw the image of a phoenix um, is what came to me. So, yeah, I think that this year is it's still we got some bumps. We got some work to do. We've got some things coming, but I also feel like there there's going to be more little tipping points for people that individually our plate we're going to put that magic pea on our plate and it's going to tip it in a way that is um beautiful and abundant and move us individually into a collective of that right direction that you were referring to yeah excellent thank you can I just jump in and add a, sure. a, some other things that I think would just helpful for people to know about astrology, um, especially right now, if you're listening to this right now. So we are in Venus retrograde uh, right now. Um, and that goes basically through the end of the month. I believe it's the 29th that it ends of January. And Venus retrograde is a time that can be marked by challenges in love. <laughs> it's not surprisingly, Venus is the planet of love in our astrology. So in terms of romantic relationships, um, it's, yes, we're in Mercury retrograde too. Sarah, just put that in the chat. I'll, I'll get into that in a second. So Venus retrograde is marked by challenges in like love and partnerships and romance. So I have really felt that when it, it, when it comes in, I really notice and just understanding that can really help you so that when you have maybe challenging dynamics, you can know that there's something else at play again like what are the triggers work on shifting those and understanding those but also just give yourself a little mental space to be like oh things are extra intense right now because we're in the venus retrograde space and then as sarah pointed out in the chat we are also in mercury retrograde so now <laughs> you know we have mercury retrograde mercury retrograde is a time when technology communication and transportation are are often challenging and i especially put uh, the Venus retrograde and the Mercury retrogrades on my calendar and most of the other retrogrades too, but those are two that we're having right now. And the Mercury retrogrades are a great time on the, on the positive side to slow down, take extra time for whatever it is that we're working on, do kind of decluttering, housekeeping. I'm, in, I'm going through like a digital decluttering right now where I'm unsubscribing to newsletters that I don't like and you know, also getting rid of old papers and things like that. So I think it's really tempting again to when there's some one of these retrogrades come up to be like, oh, things are gonna be terrible. And it's like, it's just a kind of review time. I think it's a time for us to kind of take stock, note what's not working, and then do that internal work instead of being as external. And then when we know that these things are happening, we also can be not as mentally triggered. So I just encourage everyone to put the, the major retrogrades on their calendar, just because knowing that can help us with better planning and also you know, not reacting so strongly when these things are coming in. Thank you, Laura, for bringing that up. That is a very good point. And I, I have felt myself being triggered <laughs> by relationships and stuff and just trying to not be reactive and just allow it and be present with it. And um, I love the the advice about decluttering, you know, um, not just physical items, but yes, like going through and like, why am I getting these 200 emails a day from, and I just keep deleting them, just unsubscribe. I love that. I think that's great. And that makes me think of too, um, so Mercury retrograde, does that end on February 3rd or is it the 23rd? When does it? Yeah, I one. believe that is, um, I believe it was the third. A third. And then, um, let me just do a quick look here. I, th I think there's a gap between retrogrades. I think the next one is Pluto and retrograde in April. So there's this little gap where, um, most major planets are going to be in an awakened state, if I understand correctly, which is a wonderful time to manifest. Yeah. So 
Um, does anybody want to speak about kind of manifesting in the best way to really set those intentions and go about that? How, how each of you, you know, I know, Laura, you've taught a manifesting class, and I know um, the, the rest of, uh, you know, Shelly and um, Rebecca and Sarah, that you all have spoken about that in your work. Yeah. I wanted to just jump in before some brilliant person uh, shares how to manifest that what I hear about the retrogrades is really that we have a choice on how to respond to the challenges. And what I'm really working on right now, especially in January, and both Rebecca and Laura are helping me a lot is um, to let go of the old patterns that aren't serving me anymore and to have really strong boundaries and really recognize the ways in which I might be manipulated by um, previous family patterns that I just never really noticed because it, I grew up in it and I thought it was normal. And what I feel is that if I don't do this work now, which is such a great opportunity to do this work during these retrogrades and you know, with the astrology and the full moon, that I won't be able to manifest as well in the next coming months, right? So it's sort of like step one, take stock, um, acknowledge, be honest with yourself and step into your power, really work on the solar plexus and um, lots of different modalities help me do that. But really be honest with like, what am I not standing up for in my life? How am I not being empowered when I could be? Um, and then as I, I can see myself moving through those things and as the boundaries get stronger, then shifts happen around me and in my family and life. And then I can see, oh, good, I'm going to be ready for more manifesting in a few months or in middle of this year or something. But so I think something that was a, an obstacle for me in the past couple of years was not really doing all this clearing work first. I think a good analogy would be um, before you can plant a seed in your garden, you have to really prepare that garden, right? The soil. And Rebecca, did you have something to add? Yeah. Um, and when we go to manifest and Sarah just said it beautifully. And so did you with the garden analogy. If you're trying to manifest something and you're repeatedly trying to manifest it and you aren't having it come to fruition. Sometimes it, yes, it's not of your highest and greatest good and it's not going to happen. Other times your silent vibrational conversation is not aligned with it. You have an old story, old baggage, um, an old program that's sitting in the way. And so you keep going back. Like I always use the do you recognize you keep dating the wrong person over and over and over again? Um, and it's that kind of conversation. So where can you clear out? Like Sarah said, use that these different retrogrades as spaces to go, what's coming up? What do I need to work on? Oh, this is coming up. I'm having a hard time in this space. I have a conversation taking place here that I don't want to have anymore. And I typically call that your silent vibrational conversation because you are a magnet. Your silent vibrational conversation is the frequency that you're in the world being. And it's the magnet that's drawing things to you. It's pushing things away from you. It's doing all these different things in this invisible space and it can affect your ability to manifest. And so first become a vibrational match or have an open conversation to, okay, this is what I need to release to become the garden you want to be right. <laughs> so that you can bring in that manifestation and be like, the roses are growing. <laughs> That's great. Yes. Um, you know, I, had a conversation recently with David G and he talked a lot about that. Like you just have to really nurture that, you know, the garden or your heart space before you can plant that seed there and really have it grow. So that's a great reminder. And to know that the retrograde times are great, great time to do that, you know, and, um, that's a wonderful reminder. Thank you. And yeah, I'd love to jump in about manifesting, especially I, by the way, guys, I, I do consider myself a master manifester. <laughs> I manifest some pretty incredible things. And I started manifesting by just listening to what the angels were telling me and being very clear and specific, which I think are two important things to just, you know, paying attention to your intuition, listening, 
and then be very clear with what you're wanting to call in. And then once I started doing this for myself, I started to teach it because I was like, I want everyone else to have this magic. So I think there's a few key things to keep in mind with manifesting. One is to be clear and specific. And I have a, a pretty much daily, every once in a while, when kind of life gets in, I, I don't do it, but pretty much daily, I have some kind of intention setting, manifesting list or exercise that I do on paper. And I think putting that into physical, so whether it's a vision board, whether it's literally writing things down is very powerful because you're taking it from that sort of, you know, emotional energetic space into the physical by putting it down onto paper or even digitally typing it. <laughs> so that step is important, being very clear um, with what you want that that an analogy I give people is let's say you want more money and you find a penny or a nickel on the ground you have technically manifested more money into your life <laughs> probably not what you had in mind so it's important to be clear and specific and then boundaries 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 so i talk about this a lot but i think in many ways boundaries are everything what it is that we're allowing into our space is actually the most powerful in terms of what we manifest because it's like what we're saying yes to in our lives so we can set the intention say i want a loving partner i want more money i want you know xyz and then if the daily choices that we're making in our life are counter to that the daily choices are going to sort of veto uh, whatever it is that you're intending so the analogy that i give is our minds our lives and our energy fields are very much like a netflix queue so whatever you watch and engage with, you get more of that in your life. So I think it's really important to set those intentions, do those exercises, and then also just pay attention to, am I, am I saying yes to things I don't want because they're just kind of de facto there? And then really setting those boundaries and saying no to what it is that we don't want in addition to setting the intentions for what we want. And then using all the tools, um, tapping, emotion code, you know, meditation, et cetera. And, uh, Tapping just briefly and, and actually any of these tools, a lot of people start and they do a little bit and they're like, oh, it didn't work and they just stop. And the truth is you need to do more. If you want bigger results, you often need to do more and say like 30 minutes is what I've been told by the guides about 30 minutes a day, for example, of tapping. And then on top of that, some kind of exercise is gonna be the most powerful for change. You know, just given the, the example of like, let's say you wanna change your physical body. If you just go to the gym five minutes a day, are you gonna have major transformation? Probably not. And, and if we, uh, want to have these shifts in our lives then really dedicating time and energy and that magic energy into that is going to make for very powerful transformations for ourselves. Yeah, I, I often remind myself like what you put in and how much you show up then the universe kind of reciprocates that. Um, and Sarah said, I'm trying for 30 minutes a day for this month. It's hard, but I can feel the transformation. I need to do it every eight hours to keep the change in coming. For tapping, like what Laura yeah. was just saying is advice that she's given me. And it really, it was hard last month to really keep up the tapping thing. But once you um, experience enough difficulty in your life, you're motivated. <laughs> <laughs> and when you find a tool like tapping or emotion code that really works for you, or I also use the Healy and time waiver sessions and also psychic readings, these things all support me to make daily transformational changes. And once you see the patterns and you see the instant transformation that is possible from day to day, then you're motivated. And I'm like, okay, I'm tapping on boundaries <laughs> 20 minutes now, 20 minutes later, and I'll go for a walk and do it. And it, um, it really changes your relationship, especially to astrology as you feel the collective energy kind of the impending doom sometimes it feels like coming down around you they, these are such releasing techniques that you can stay light and bright and work with the energy rather than be taken out by it thank you to sarah and shelly and laura and rebecca for being here today i appreciate you offering some different guidance and um you know advice and reminders that we can all use as we as we be aware and of the moon cycles and the retrogrades and these different things that are going on i think you've given us some excellent perspective on how to keep grounded and just kind of move through these times sail through them with 
peace and ease and clarity and strength. So I thank you all. I want to say, Michelle, thank you for doing this and putting this together because I think it's really helpful for all of us to have that awareness and even our own internal awareness. It kind of helps the sort of collective so that the more of individually each of us are aware, the more the whole is better in terms of our whole society and all of humanity. So just thank you for for focusing on this and putting this together. Uh, absolutely. I do believe in that ripple effect. So hopefully this will have a positive effect. I think it will. Well, I hope that you found our conversation today insightful and helpful, especially with tomorrow's full moon. That's tomorrow, January 17th, 2022. I encourage you to try to implement some of the rituals or exercises our panelists suggested. I do know that uh, Rebecca Packard, she has a moon release session that you can sign up for and you can visit her website. There's a link in the show notes there. And then uh, Shelly Wasicki has a full moon ceremony she'll be hosting. That's 6.30 p.m. Eastern time on Monday, January 17th, 2022. Again, there's links in the show notes for you to connect with her. Also, Laura has shared a link for a grounding and clearing meditation that you can find on Insight Timer. And if you check out her website, you'll see she has a ton of different offerings from psychic reading to different courses and a manifesting course. And then Sarah Rossiter, she has various offerings on her website as well from um, Reiki attunements. And she is uh, offering a creativity and consciousness class that starts January 19th. And I can tell you, I just took her that class the last time she offered it. And she had some great guests that share different ways they connect with consciousness and how that has benefited their creative processes. And then she also has a painting workshop that she's offering on February 14th. And I'm looking forward to attending that. So again, be sure to check out the links in the show notes. There's some great offerings there that I think you'll find incredibly helpful. Much love to you all and wishing you a fabulous 2022.